Hello, my wee fam, and welcome to season four, episode seven. This episode, we're going to be talking about oppositional defiant disorder. Welcome to all my new listeners. I am Andrea. I am the creator of Women's Enlightenment, and welcome back to all my returning listeners. Thank you so much for your time and your listening ear and any shares that you do. I talked about this in season two, but I want to make sure that I speak about it again because a lot happened during um, the start of, you know, everything with the lockdown and, you know, how children had to be at home for about, was it about two years, two, three, depending on who all went back right away. And then they were just pushed back in school, like literally with no slowness of it all. It was a get back, here we go, let's go. Um, for anybody that's suffering from, any kind of uh, disorders. It was hard for children at that time, very hard. And you didn't have resources at that time as well either until, you know, a year after, or it was like virtual. You couldn't do much in person. So that didn't help. Um, With oppositional defiant disorder, I just want to make sure that we're very clear. When you take your child in to talk to your physician about this, please make sure that you are very specific about what you're saying. It is not ADHD. It is not ADD. It does not go with them. I don't care what they try to tell you. They are three different things. Please do not allow them to tell you what they what it is for, the, for your child. It is not. It is not. And again, it is not. It is separate, a, a whole separate entity within itself, okay? So, No, it is not ADD. No, it is not ADHD. Yes, it is oppositional defiant disorder. And I have notes for this one because I want to make sure that I give you guys all the correct information. And I speak about this because I have a child myself that has oppositional defiant disorder. And I learned about this when he was in the third grade. So eight, around eight. Um, And that is usually when the signs of it starts happening is between seven and eight within young men. Now, it is very different with young black men. They don't label it as that. And I don't want to say label. They don't call it that for young black men. They call it anger issues. They call it um, aggressive and um, just being disruptive to class and disrespectful. And they don't have any home training. They don't have, it's, it's so different when it's, when it's spoke of, of black young children. Why? Well, we won't go into the why. You already know the why. But I just want to make sure for other parents that are listening that have uh, young black men and or young any brown men, let me just put it that way, that hue of brown, it is not just that. There's more to it. But also it goes, you know, you can raise your child as well as you possibly can. You can have a two-parent home. I don't care what people say. It will still hit. You can give your child everything under the moon and sun. It is still something that's going to happen within your home. You cannot prevent it. You can help it though, but you cannot prevent it. There is no medicine for it either. So please do not let people tell you that there's medicine for it. We can try this. We can try this. Absolutely not. Do not do that. There is no medicine for this. There is not a cure for this. It is something that happens within young children, young men to be exact, not not our young ladies, young men to be exact. Now, you guys have to remember, 
Young men have more testosterone. They're more, uh, they're more, they have to move. They need space to move about. They need to be able to get all their energy out. They can go from sun up to sundown and then some and still have all this energy. Whereas young girls, it's not the same for them, you know? Um, and that's why I have a hard time with, you know, it is what it is. I have a hard time with uh, ch- children being taught within a building and just happen to sit. Sit, 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 sit. That is not how young children learn. And every child learns differently. So you have to be able to move about. You have to be able to, it's not that they're being disruptive to the class. They just need to be, they just need to move. They need to physically be moving. They're still hearing. They're still learning. They just need to move. Young men need to move about. I honestly feel if schools can be taught in a more um, non-structural way, it would more children would succeed. Um, sitting, 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 testing, testing, testing. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. I understand that, but giving them more space, like the little wobble chairs, little you know fidgety things will help. But you know, who am I? I'm not an educator. I only have children that I watch every day that go through things. And I just feel that it would be completely different if, um, if they had more availability to get different type of things to help children learn. Because again, every child learns different. So back to oppositional defiant disorder. So I don't want to get off track about that. This is very important um, to understand. So again, there is no treatment, but when you're getting therapy or counseling for this, make sure you're looking for a behavioral therapist, Um, applied behavioral analyst. I mean, you have to make sure that you're looking for the words behavioral in it for your counseling. Um, before I even had children and before you had to have like a physical degree to work with children, I had a certificate and I was able to work with children. Um, and at the Y early on, like way, way back in the day when it was completely different than what it is now. And I was able to work in a group home setting. A lot of the children that I worked with had defined disorders. But of course, back then, nobody knew what it was called. They just were labeled disruptive, um, very uh, argumentative, very disrespectful. No, they're not teachable. I was like, oh no, every child is teachable. But that's how they were labeled. And yes, a lot of them were black children. So this is what, you know, hurts my heart because versus just throwing out what the problem is. No one was taking the time to work with them to understand what they're going through. And yes, race plays a lot. Racial tactics play a lot into schooling and into our children. You can say what you want to say. If you are not of melanin or a type of hue of brown, you will not get that. You won't understand it unless you're truly paying attention. Anyways, back to what I was saying. For oppositional defiant disorder, this is some stuff that you can look for and try to understand if you can to your best abilities, if you want to. Um, so they'll have frequent frequent temper tantrums, arguing a lot with adults, refusing to do what an adult asks, 
always questioning rules and refusing to follow rules, doing things to annoy or upset others, including adults, blaming others for the child's own behaviors or mistakes. This one right here is a big one because they'll blame everything else and everyone else except for taking the ownership of what they've done, how they did it, and all of that. And I want to say that this doesn't come in the ways that they're saying it. It can come in many different ways randomly. There is not one trigger that will make this happen. So if you're looking for triggers, there isn't really one. If you're looking to see if there's a pattern, if you find one, amazing, because there really isn't one at all. For me, I'll just say that for me, there isn't a pattern. There hasn't been just one thing that'll trigger it and then it's a whole nother ball game. It's not. But also be mindful what your children are eating. Be mindful what your children are eating. Are eating, um, you know, the a lot of foods with dyes in it, like the chips, uh, candies, cereals. Be mindful what your children are eating because this does not help either at all. If you really want to understand it doesn't. So if you don't cook a lot, you probably want to start cooking more food that more foods for your children um, versus buying fast food or going out to eat and sodas and chips and candies and all that. It makes a difference. It really does. When we change, well, not we, but when I changed my child's um, eating habits, it changed a lot. Um, I've been on this road again, since he's been younger. Um, and I took him in because we had a really bad bout one day. It, this was going for a good week and it was right before he had a migraine. And so that was a whole cluster that happened. Um, and I was like, I need to figure this out. Cause one, I didn't want to miss that. He may be bipolar or bipolar schizophrenia, schizophrenia, uh, or have bipolar schizophrenia disorder, um, or or anything. I don't want to miss anything. When I took him into the first um, appointment, she kept saying, okay, here's your paperwork, fill this out. Um, go ahead and mark all these that you feel is going for him so we can go ahead and get him, you know, start him on doing treatment for ADHD or ADD. I was like, who are, who are you talking to? Are you with the right patient? Because we just had a whole conversation and not one time did you listen to what I said. You're forcing me, you're forcing me, you're wanting to force me to fill out paperwork that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. She's like, well, that's how we're going to continue. I said, no, you're not listening. I'm not filling that paperwork out because this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. And she literally, this doctor was literally arguing, arguing with me to tell me what I was supposed to be doing and I'm not listening. I was like, so you get paid this much money and you still don't listen to people when they're in here? You're not hearing what I'm saying to you. I mean, to the point where I was like, you know what? We're done. We're done. She's like, well, we don't know. This appointment is finished and I will not be back with you ever, ever, ever again. And don't worry. I'll be making sure to say something about this too, because you're not supposed to tell me what I'm, what, what you want me to do. I thought you, I'm supposed to be your patient. You're supposed to listen to me and hear me. You're not doing either of those, but you're telling me what I'm supposed to do, what you want me to do for, for your, your liking. And it was a whole thing. She was upset at me because I was like, oh, no, you can't just push me aside like that. So made a different appointment and um, they had me go out to Children's. So I took my ride out to Children's and I got this doctor who was truly amazing. And she was like, 
okay, I'm going to tell you exactly what you're going through. And I was like, okay. And I was ready for whatever was going to happen, you know, whatever she was going to say. She was like, he has oppositional defiant disorder. It is mostly seen in young men, usually white children. Um, but because it's seen more in white children, because no one ever diagnoses, diagnose, does a diagnosis, excuse me, for black children. So, which is why you have a lot of children, you know, having IEPs for all the stuff that has nothing to do with what is truly going on. They're on medication that has nothing to do with that's going, that's really truly going on. And I was like, that is interesting. And I understand exactly what you're saying. Um, and for the rest of our conversation, she was, you know, doing our conversation to where I made sure to hear what she was saying because she couldn't say what she wanted to say type of situation. Um, so I was grateful for her because she was like, you know, my son, my son has the same thing, goes through the, goes through the same thing. And I was like, okay. And you know, naturopath, um, homeopath, like you want to find something that can help, not medicine wise, but just help you to understand how to help in the moment. Now, every moment, every moment's different. Every single moment is different. When the good is good, it is amazing. When it's rough, it's rough and it's extremely rough. There is like a zero to like 20,000 within a matter of blink of an eye. That's what that is. And then and then out of nowhere, maybe a day, a couple of hours, a week, a month, I don't know. It's like it never happened. It is like it never happened. And the most frustrating part is you don't want to keep bringing up the things that happen because it means nothing anymore because it's over with. And when you're going through the motions with your child and or children, you don't fight fire with fire. This is where you have to learn politeness as frustrating as it is, you have to learn politeness. Because if you're a parent that whoops, whooping a child is not going to help in this situation. Actually, it does opposite. Yelling at a child is not going to help. It does opposite. Taking everything away from your child in the middle of this doesn't help. It goes opposite. And you can take it away a day later, too late, because of the situation, it goes opposite. So really, it's one of those moments that you have to sit through Go through and guide your way the entire time, but with ease. Not giving in to what they're doing. Not, not, not you know, sitting back and just um, going with, because um, they, they, will, they will blame everything on you. They'll blame everything on you and then lie and then make it seem like you did everything. Oh, it is, it's rough, okay? And by the way, I am outside right now, so you're probably going to hear a train coming. Um, you're going to hear planes and birds, so um, I'm enjoying some outside time right now. But, you know, to, to tell if, you're, if your child or children has oppositional defiant disorder, defiant disorder um, it, again, it includes regular tantrums, excessive arguments with the dogs, and or... Um, Deliberately annoying actions. You can, I mean, it can be an indicator of a mood, substance, or personality disorder. So it's like one of those that you have to understand, like, what is really going on. You have to pay attention. 
so again, I know the train was going. So, you know, very argumentative, ten, um, temper tantrums, uh, deliberately annoying actions can happen. Like they'll just be bothering you. I, I, let me not say bothering you, but just poking at you and poking and poking. Like you answer the question and that, that answer wasn't good enough for you. So they're going to ask again to make sure that you still are going to answer the same way. And as soon as you slip up, it's a whole, uh, when I tell you it's mentally draining and emotionally draining, it really is. It really is. Um, and I know the ages are hard to say, like, which one's going to be the hardest and roughest one. But, you know, I know some children outgrow the conditions by eight or nine. But at this other time, half of them continue to experience the symptoms. And you can love your child with every ounce of your being. It's not that. Don't blame yourself because I, I was in the habit of blaming myself. I wasn't doing enough. I was doing too much and I wasn't here enough. I'm not there enough. I need this for him. He needs this. Or he needs that. And you can have the best people in your life and by your side. Again, you can be a two-parent home and it's still going to happen. So please, men, when you hear this, don't be like, oh, because there ain't no dad in the home or, you know, women say it is No. You can have the most amazing dad in your life and by your side all day, every day. It's still going to happen. And I will say this, though, too. It comes from a parent. One or both parents was the same way when they're a child, and it just seeps out into their to their child. Yes, that's how this happens. So, um... And you got, you know, you guys can always look up all the information. I'm, I'm, I took my notes because I'm telling you, I have been going through a rough couple of weeks, and I was like, uh, here we are, here we are with it. And I knew it was, I felt it before I came because my spirit just wasn't sitting right. But I, there was other stuff that happened also in the middle of this, and they get to this moment where they're just like, I dare to say something else to me. And so you're talking to them and you're telling them what you're like, Hey, I don't appreciate that you're doing that. And they're like, okay, I don't care. Although they care in that moment, they don't care because it's about them. You can tell them everything that they, they, that they did wrong. You broke glass, you did this, you did that. And they're going to be like, no, you did that. That's not me. That's not my fault. That's not my fault. You were, you walking too close. And so you broke it. Oh, it's, it's like that. There is an episode on um, New Amsterdam. Ah, and I don't remember the episode. I got to figure it out so that way I can share with you guys my next, um, the next episode. I'll just remind myself to share it. But um, it, uh, the counselor had children that had disorders and going through other stuff. And this one little girl, whoo, she was something. And, um, like she had no emotions, no feelings. She had a different disorder that she was dealing with, but there was this, uh, son that was going through a lot. And like the mom was there to, um, visit it was visitation day so they can see each other and, you know, you can bring stuff for your children. And, um, I, yeah. And then they were talking because it was like, okay, so what's, what's really going on? What's really happening? And I think it was her friend was there too. And she was like agitated, 
very agitated. And so the counselor was like, okay, so what, what is it? What is it that I'm missing? Are you happy to be here? Do you want to be here? And she said, I don't care to be here. I don't care to be here. And he was like, well, why? Tell me why. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I cannot remember exactly everything that was said that day in that show that day, but she explained to a T when he's in these moods, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. And I feel this way. And every time she's doing what she needs to do for her son, it's as if nothing matters and he doesn't care. And then all of a sudden everything just goes away. And it's like, like nothing ever happened. And all the pieces in the home again, like it drains you, drains you. And it does, it goes peaceful all over again, the home. And it's like nothing ever happened. While you're behind the door closing, or rather you're behind the door crying and frustrated, trying to just get your emotions back together, it's like nothing ever happened. But you feel the the, the brunt of it. Because it's affecting you because you are the parent. And you have to go through this. You have to see it. You have to physically feel it. And it is rough. Rough. It is rough. So when I say to you, parents that are going through this and, and, and or educators that aren't behavioral specialists and you're not getting this and you're, you have these moments and you're getting frustrated with children or a child that may be like this, please speak to the parent because one, an IEP has to be done. Here comes another train. Uh, IEP has to be done. And um, there has to be things that have to be in place for your child and their children that are going through this. Because they won't be able to go to the specific school that they're at unless they have those type of um, classes that are going to be available for your child and or children. Um, and it has to be like smaller classes. It, it is very frustrating because your your child has to be in the class with other children that are going through behavioral things as well. And that sometimes isn't going to help because that brings on more frustration from your child. It brings on more anger. It brings on more disruptive, you know, behavior. So believe me, I'm speaking from experience and I know it. I know it firsthand and it's it's very hard and people some people do not understand what you're talking about nor can they hear you when you're talking to them because they've never went through it or they have a child going through that but they want to ignore that that child's going through that so they won't even acknowledge what you're talking about oh that's not my child oh okay 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 no problem because children that are like this they kind of display, not even kind of, they display the same behaviors. Take away something and watch what happens. And again, I don't care how well you raise your child with discipline, love, all of that, chores, restrictions, nothing matters to them when they're going through these moments. They're respectful. They still love and care, but they are literally standing in that moment of defying disorder. And it's hard. It is hard. They're very vindictive. So it can be a vindictiveness that happens. Um, 
irritable as if you're bothering them. I'm not even playing. Like this is this is what it is. It and I want to say also it is not a form of autism. So please don't let them tell you that. It's not. It's not. Um so it's, you know, spiteful and seeking revenge, saying mean and hurtful things when angry or upset, like they'll yell it. Um, deliberately trying to annoy or upset you, like I said, blaming others for their own mistakes, actively refusing to comply with requests and rules, excessively, excuse me, argue with adults, like I've said, again, um, it's, they're touch, they're, they're touching other people to annoy them, like, you know, you poke a person, poke, 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 to another. it's like a little brother to a big brother, a little sister to a big brother, doing little things to irritate them. It no, it's not fun. Nope, it's not fun. Going through it's not cool at all. Um, and then when you're coming out of it, when they're coming out of it, it's just like, how, how did we just go through that and you act like nothing ever happened? Um. It is It is hard. It is hard. And I will say that you know, reading a lot up on it throughout the years so I can understand even more um of what can cause it is it's hard. It's hard. Um, it's hard when you feel like you don't have a support system and people just look at you and just judge you as if you're just this horrible parent. Um, you, you, you kind of just stand there with this hopeless look on your face and just praying somebody just says, I see you, let me, let me be here for you. How can we be here to help? You just want to just be able to rest your, your head in somebody's shoulder and just say, thank you and cry. And when my daughter was in this, um, early learning center, there was one educator that understood him. So she would be like, uh, if he's having a rough day, they have to call you. You have to go pick him up from school, bring him straight here. So I end up just, I would pay for him and they were like, no, don't, don't pay. It's okay. You know? So he, she would be able to redirect him. She'd have him helping with the younger children, helping like specific chores that stay consistent for them helps. So if their chore is to sweep and mop and take out the garbage, let that be their chore all the time. Talk with them before you change their chore so that way they understand that you're about to change your chore and let them know what their next chore is going to be. Or if you're adding another chore onto that, let them know. Um, exercise through the hostility because there could probably be some hostility moments. So exercise through the best you can. When you can feel it coming on or you see it coming on, just say, hey, come on, come come do this with me. They may not. They may not want to go with you. Stand there and try it. They may get irritated with you standing there and trying it too. Um, treat, treat before punishing, which is why I said even trying to put them on punishment, it means nothing to them. 
that punishment does an opposite effect. And it's going to set the whole tone for how the rest of your afternoon or morning or day is going to go. Um, again, I'm speaking from experience. I learned how to not fight fire with fire very quickly. Because I used to get upset. Then it'd be like, why are you? And then I was like, okay, wait. I I'm not able to do this. I'm telling you, when she gave me the tools to be able to understand, I did my research and will continue to do my research. And that's how I learned how to maneuver, not maneuver, but make my way through when we're having these moments. But sometimes when it's very rough, I need help. Because there's something that I'm not seeing as a parent that somebody else will be able to see. But then it's like you have to be careful because in the middle of what your child is going through, they're going to lie. They're going to make up. What I do mean make up stories and lie, I do mean from the root of my soul, it will happen. And you're like, wait a second. That did never, never. Who? Who was there with you for this? Like, you know, you, you will start questioning yourself. Like, did that really happen? Was I? Okay, wait. It. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or they'll bring up, bring up something that happened, you know, a month ago, two days ago, a year ago, 10 years ago. They're going to find whatever they can find to bring it up and to throw it at you and look at you and dare you to say something. You could you can fight it back all you want to. They are going to say any and everything to get under your skin. Do not allow that to happen. Do not allow that to happen. I know some people are like, that, that is too much. No, that child needs to be. No, you're, that means you're not hearing nor listening to what I'm saying. No matter how angry you are that this child is acting this way, you cannot fight fire with fire. You cannot. You have to fight this with kindness. And it's rough because you're, you're about to crack. Tears are about to start flowing. And I'm going to tell you this, they do have emotions. So when you start crying, it'll probably sh set the whole tone to switch. Sometimes it will not. You have to know that. Again, when I worked with children that were like this before I even understood what it was, you have to learn how to step in their zone so they can see you. Because when they don't see you, it, they, it's nothing to them. So they have to be able to see you. They have to be able to see you. Um, I know it says, like, know your child's pattern. Listen, patterns sometimes, the patterns sometimes don't mean anything because they oftentimes don't work with the pattern when it's coming from a defiant world. There isn't a pattern that you can follow. You can, like, your child every day can get up at the same time, brushes his or her teeth at the same time, shower, eat. That's your pattern, right? Your pattern can be your pattern, and it's still going to just, something's going to be different. So don't base it on pattern. But, um, yeah, be clear about your rules and your consequences, which, again, at times does not matter to them. But still be, be clear about them. Um, stay cool and under control. And I do mean it is very important to stay cool and under control. As hard as it is in those moments, stay cool and under control. And stay positive. It annoys them, but stay positive. Um, children, again, usually do not outgrow it. 
it just gets better with time. Um, it, yeah, um, it's rough. Look, I'm like, it's rough. It is rough. Um, I know I was looking at this one where it says, do kids with ODD have remorse? And it says, children with ODD may refuse to follow commands or requests made by parents, teachers, or other adults. They may also overreact to life events. They frequently fail to take responsibility for their own actions and at times show little remorse. And I just said that. They will show none. Now, if they are extra violent and doing more, that's this is that we're not talking about the same thing. We're not talking about oppositional defiance of word. That is something different, and you need to take your child in because that is a little bit aggressive. When it's violent, violent, no, that's not no. Now they may knock over a desk or kick a chair and you know throw some books or something. That's about as much as you're going to get from a child with oppositional defiant disorder. But anything other than an ex- extremely violent and aggressive, like, re- <coughs> excuse me, real aggressive, no, that's more. That is more, and you want to go get your child checked out. Here's what I found. Um, so be careful. Be careful to understand what it is that your child's truly going through, and look at the signs and pay attention. Pay attention. And you'll have to start, if you don't have a good relationship or communication with your children, you have to have one. That's the only way that you're going to really understand what your child and your children are going through is by having a good communication with them. Do date days, date nights with your children. If you have more than two, more than one, I'm sorry, and then more than two, more than three, figure out your days, your dates, your weekends, and, and do one all together, and then do separate child. A separate child, separate with each child. That way they can have their own time with you. Or their own time with both parents. Or their own time with the uncle or aunt or, you know. But you have to pay attention because it is, it's it's there. We just like to, as parents, we like to ignore things sometimes. <clears throat> Excuse me. But that's you don't want to ignore this one. You don't. Um... But it says treatment usually includes parenting skills training, parent-child interaction therapy, which is going to be good, individual and family therapy, which would be good, problem-solving training, and social, social skills training. Okay. And anything that I'm talking about, again, you can go on on. Google or whichever web browser that you use and type it in and you can and you can read about it. Um, and then this one again, they talk about um, ODD may occur only in certain settings, which is true. More recently, medical professionals have recognized that certain children with ODD may behave very well at school and only show symptoms at home. In addition, a child may be oppositional with only one parent, though this occurs less frequently. So they can be very well at school and at home show out. Be very very well at at home, go to school and show out. And in my instance, in my in my stance, it's both. He can, he can start sometimes at home, and I'll let the school know, like, hey, it's going to be probably a rough moment. This is what I've seen. 
you know, go, I'm very communicative with my, with the school. Now, whether they do their part or not, I always find out because I always get a call and it's not their fault. It's not their, that, that they have to take care of my child. I just like to give a heads up. I really do. And I think homeschooling children is probably the way to go for a lot of children. And I understand that a lot of parents cannot do, (coughs) excuse me, homeschooling for their children. One, patience. You have to have patience for it. You have to have some serious patience to homeschool your children. (coughs) Excuse me. And you have to be able to have the funds and the means to do so, which a lot of people say, I don't have the finances to be able to stay home. And well, there's a way. There is definitely a way. But remember, this is your child. And if you don't have the time and patience for your child, why would you keep sending your child to school if you don't even have the patience for your child, but you see what your child is doing and going through? So as us parents, as a parent, and as we continue to parent our children, we have to look at things very different. We have to find ways to continue to be our children's first teacher and be here for them and help them and guide them, not just throw them off to anybody else and say, well, I don't know. I didn't know that. No, you knew it. You just didn't care to work with your child at that time. And that is what I'm trying to say is you have to want to work with your children and, and, and or your child going through this. It is not easy. It is not easy. I keep saying it because it's rough. I go to sleep when it's the rough moments so drained that even when I wake up, I still feel drained because it, it emotionally taps to you. It taps into you. Um, this one says, what happens to kids with oppositional defiant disorder? Uh, children with ODD are prone to persistent anger, outbursts, arguments, and dis- disobedience, and usually direct their behavior at authority figures like parents and teachers. They may also target their behaviors at siblings, classmates, and or other children. So be be alert. Be alert. If they're giving you this, this information and they're telling you this more times, more night more times than not, pay attention, please, and it's time to take action. You need to be an advocate for your children and start being there. And I'm not saying that you're not being there, but for people that have children that are going through behavioral disorders, you have to put your foot down with work or whatever's going on and you have to be there for your child you have to you have to it is it's very important I don't know why you wouldn't but you know I've seen some stuff um it says how should I treat my child's ODD one always build a positive always build on the positives Give the child praise and positive reinforcements when he shows flexibility or um, cooperation. Learn to control yourself. Pick your battles. Literally, pick your battles. Set up a reasonable, set up reasonable age-appropriate limits with consequences that can be enforced consistently. Don't go at it alone. It, yeah, you're you're gonna need help. Um. What are the consequences of ODD students? Um, It can be so... Oh, wait, wrong thing. Oh, yeah, no. Um, Students with ODD can be um, uncooperative and combative. I'm sorry, combative. 
that their behavior affects their ability to learn and get along with classmates and teachers. It can lead to poor school performance, performance, antisocial behaviors, and poor impulse control. Mm-hmm. Is ODD generic or environmental? Generic. It has been shown that ODD is likely a hereditary condition and that is if an individual has a close relative that with mental this with mental illness relative with this mental illness i wouldn't call it a mental illness but okay um they have a um they have to develop of oppositional defiant disorder i'm that's not worded right okay i'm just trying to read you some stuff so that way you guys can know that you know i will always reach out research something, especially, especially when it has to do with my children, so I can understand it. Um, and it says, many children are free of the behavioral patterns within three years of treatment. Really, there is no treatment, but again, counseling. Um, it was once believed that those affected by this condition would outgrow it in early adulthood. However, children with ODD do not always outgrow this condition, which is true. So, <coughs> excuse me, which is why I keep saying be there for your, for your child. That way you'll know what's going on. Um, excuse me, I'm trying to drive. <laughs> that way you'll know what's going on and you'll be able to help your child and not just leave your child out to dry and say, oh, no, that's, I, you can't be, you can't be fixed. It is what it is. No, please don't do that. Please don't do that because it can be. You just have to have. You just have to be patient. You just have to be very patient. And I understand that sometimes. Motorcycle. I understand that sometimes parents, you know, we don't have patience a lot of time. I said this before. We don't have patience sometimes, and because um, we have a full day, you know, so much is going on, and we don't have it in us to then want to deal with behaviors like this well you're going to have to you're going to have to because it's your child and i i want my child to succeed you know i want him to be able to go on and do things that he should be able to be able to should be able to do without people looking at him like oh well he can't be taught because he doesn't want to learn or you know whatever the case may be it's always something said but you don't want that to happen, so you have to be able to teach your child. You have to be able to be there for your child and children. You have to be able to take the time to educate yourself and walk through this. Again, it is not easy. Nothing about this is easy. And it's draining. But it's doable. It is doable. You just have to do it, <laughs> you know? So, I hope this episode helps someone. I know a lot of people, this is probably not something that you guys want to hear, but I need to speak on it again because, again, I go through it, and I just want to make sure that whatever, whatever I, wherever I can help out with other parents that may go through this, please don't feel like you are alone because you're not. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. You just have to have the right people in your life by your corner and you have to be able to communicate with them what you're going through so they know how to help you. But you cannot keep it in. So, you know, again, people are going to think that you're not a good mom. You are a good mom. You are a good dad. It's just things happen. 
things happen. Was I like this when I was in school? I believe I was. Yes, I was. I had anger issues. <laughs> yes. They, um, they, they wanted to put me in, um, disability classes. My mom was like, no, that's not what's going on. Well, you know, back in the day, nobody really, they didn't really care about what children, I, let, me, let me take that back. They cared, they just cared to a certain extent. And that's where it stopped at. So, you know, I, could I have, did I outgrow all of it? Yeah, I, I believe I did. I'm telling you the right type of situation. Somebody get me mad. Now, that's a whole different ballgame, but I will make sure that um, I say something. But I wasn't, I don't believe I was disruptive in class and stuff, though. I have to, like, really think how school went. Now, I do know that. Toward the end of middle school, I had to, no, actually that was because somebody else, Never mind. they didn't believe me. And so it was just, it was all bad. So I was going to say that maybe, maybe because of my anger, but I was like, no, they actually, it was something different and I wasn't being heard and I wasn't being listened to and somebody else's actions weren't um, condoned they got they kind of condoned their actions I'm sorry they condoned their actions and it was like my voice was silenced and it was just a whole nother thing but so that wasn't why I got kicked out of school but anyways um I believe I yeah I was a I was a child that always asked questions and if I felt that that wasn't right I questioned it so I was always in trouble at school though because I I have honest questions. They were talking about history, and I'm like, well, that don't sit right with me. So why would that? Do you believe what you're reading? So you know that I, that was me. I say stuff like that. Um, so, but um, I know I was defiant. I know I was defiant for sure, but not as heightened as my child. So I guess I did pass it on to him and. I'm not going to feel guilty about it. It's life. You know, they get stuff from us all the time. It's just, I could have dealt without this one <laughs> for sure. But I'm hoping that helps somebody. If it didn't help somebody, if you know somebody that's going through this, please pass it on to them, share it with them so they can hear it. Because sometimes just hearing another person talk about it gives you a release, a sigh of release. It feels like bricks are lifted off your shoulders because you're like, oh my gosh, I thought I was by myself. No, you're never by yourself going through stuff. It's just that we don't talk about it because people are so judgmental. So we don't talk about it, which is sad because so many of us are walking around here hurt and need somebody to really just talk to and listen to us. But so many people want to put what they're going through on the conversation versus just truly hearing what's being said. It's like, no, I'm not talking about you. This is not a conversation at you. This is a conversation I'm going through. This is what I'm going through. I need, so you just stop talking. That's usually how conversations just end because nobody wants to talk about anything because nobody's listening, right? Right. So again, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate each and every one of you. Again, if this does not resonate for you, please share it to the next person. I hope that I've, I was able to help somebody, but always do your research. Always do your research and look up for oppositional defiant disorder. ODD. It is not a part of autism. Please do not let anybody tell you that. It does not go with ADD. 
and or ADHD. It is a thing of its own. Please hear me when I say that. It is all by itself. Until next time. Thank you. Have a great one. Remember, be present in the moment so you can see everything that's going on in your now, not looking for your future. Stop going to your past. You are in the present. Be available. See what you need to see. Enjoy it. Partake in it. Live, love, and enjoy the entire life that you have.